Welcome back to the program. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, Heavenly King, you who are the God of life, the author of life, I ask, Lord, that you would bless us today. I, I pray, Lord, for those who are in distress. I pray, Lord, for those who are anxious, those who are struggling with anxiety right now. Lord Jesus, we do love you. And Lord, we pray with the psalmist in uh, Psalm 31. In you, O Lord, I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Be a rock of refuge for me. Hear me and speedily rescue me. A mighty stronghold to save me. For you are my rock, my stronghold. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Release me from the snares they've hidden, for you are my refuge, Lord. Into your hands I commend my spirit. It is you who will redeem me, Lord. As for me, I trust in the Lord. You who have seen my affliction and taken heed of my soul's distress have not handed me over to the enemy. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in distress. Tears have wasted my eyes, my throat, and my heart. For my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighs. Affliction has broken down my strength and my bones waste away. In the face of all my foes, I am a reproach, an object of scorn to my neighbors and of fear to my friends. Those who see me in the street run far away from me. I am like a dead man, forgotten, like a thing thrown away. But as for me, I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. My life is in your hands. Deliver me. Let your face Shine on your servant. Save me in your love. How great is the goodness of the Lord that you keep for those who fear you, that you show to those who trust you in the sight of men. You hide them in the shelter of your presence from the plotting of men. You keep them safe within your tent from disputing tongues. Love the Lord, all you saints. He guards his faithful. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. All who hope in the Lord. And Lord, I thank you that that is a word of God. It is your word. It is a word that is breathed with the very life of the Holy Spirit. And so, Spirit of the living God, make that word a living word for us today. For we're desperate for you. We're desperate to have a word of life, a word of new life, a word of hope in times and seasons of anxiety, restlessness, fear, distress, affliction. Lord, we trust in you. You are our God. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, Monday was a... It was a day that was, I guess, very interesting. I guess you, I don't I'll call it interesting. Uh, the psalm I read were, it was actually, the psalm was broken up into three parts, the three psalms that made up the Office of Readings on Monday. And as I read it uh, in my morning prayer time, it it just struck me once again the way in which the Word of God is a living Word. It's it, in the prayers of the Liturgy of the Hours. That's what I, I'm praying, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Divine Office. Uh, the Office of Readings is part of that Liturgy of the Hours. That it's chosen by the Church to bring out into the open the state of being of some members of the body of Christ. Did, did you get that phrase? That there are some in the body of Christ, some members who are brothers and sisters in our life, in our existence, who are experiencing what it is we are praying. So I was praying these words this morning. I'm I'm recording this on Monday night. And uh, when I was praying this in the morning, I had to stop myself several times. I just had to stop myself because when there's a distance between let's call it the existential state, right? That's the deeply felt condition and the emotional manifestation of that condition of a particular being, of a human being. Like when we talk about that existential condition, it's not just a passing emotional state or feeling. No, it there's something about the depths of the being, the depths of the heart, of the mind that come out into the open in our feelings, in our emotions, in our appetites. So when I read words like affliction, distress, when I hear uh, distress more than once, te- and when I read phrases like tears have wasted my eyes, my throat, and my heart, I just had to stop and just think about that. What does that mean? Tears have wasted my eyes. Have you ever cried like that? Like, when would you cry? Not like, oh, what a touching movie, or what a nice scene, or isn't that a beautiful moment, or I'm sad over something that happened there. No, but you have tears such that they've wasted your eyes. Like, your eyes are so red and, and puffy and, and, and bloodshot because of the weeping, the weeping. The, the sobbing, the moaning, the groaning, the, the tears that have wasted my eyes, my throat. So you can imagine the, the cries when you're, when you're crying and you're crying out. The sobs are so great that there's crying out. And then tears have wasted my eyes, my throat, and my heart. I, I thought of that word anxiety. That anxiety. Life was spent with sorrow, the bones waste away, affliction broken down my strength, right? Spent with sorrow. And I'm just reading these words and I'm thinking, Lord, this is a word from you. This is a living word from you. There are people in my life, around my life, and in some ways reflective of my life, that these words evoke, these words express That's the power of the Word of God, 
The power of the word of God is that it penetrates, right? Hebrews chapter 4, verses what, 10 to 12. It it penetrates like that sharp two-edged sword. It penetrates between soul and spirit right to the depths of the heart. It unveils thoughts and intentions. Nothing is hidden. Everything lies open before the word. And so it is a, a dangerous thing. It is a dramatic thing. It is a fearsome thing to pray morning prayer. It is a, an awe-inspiring and even overwhelming thing when you pick up the Liturgy of the Hours and you open it to read the Office of Readings. Because those words, those words that I just read, can become impressed into the core of your being if you're open to it. Those words can, can sear, they can, they can plunge into the core of our being. And all of a sudden, our lives might take on some of the very words that we read. When you pray the office of readings, when you pray the liturgy of the hours, the Lord is inviting you to be open to let the word of God have its way with you, to allow the word of God to make space and to be so receptive and docile to God's word that God's word can move into you and move around in you and begin to break open parts of you that you didn't even realize were there. And the Lord can begin to teach you through these incredible truths in his word. That's what he wants for us. You you get why um, so many evangelicals, like when they think about their prayer time, they don't have adoration, right? Adoration is not a thing for them as a means of coming close to Jesus Christ, the living word, the glorified presence of Jesus as Eucharist there in his real presence. Well, they look to the scriptures, right? For so many of them, morning prayer is, I think they typically call it their morning devotion. And their morning devotion is pretty much, without exception, reading the Bible or reading some book, some guide, some a devotional commentary that will introduce a scripture and then break it open and talk about how it applies to their lives. So, so many uh, of our Protestant brothers and sisters, when they think about learning how to pray, that's how they learn how to pray. Now, I want to say that's at least the testimony I hear from my kids who talk to their friends at the Oaks about, well, what do you do when you pray as a family or you pray as an individual? It sort of begins and ends with the Bible. And for us as Catholics, like we, we introduce our kids to the scriptures uh, every family prayer when we pray the rosary, because those are mysteries that are connected to the scriptures or are bringing out into the open events of the scriptures. But we're not actually touching the Bible when we do that. And so Liturgy of the Hours, like when we pray night prayer or we actually read the Bible— Uh, as an occasional activity in our prayer time. We want that word of God. We we want them to approach the Bible, not as a book that they're studying, but as a place of encounter. And a place of encounter means that the Lord takes the initiative. It means that the Lord is setting the word. He's serving up the word that that is ours to receive. 
Like you go to mass, you don't pick the scriptures that are said. It's not, okay, time for the liturgy of the word. Everybody sit down, open your Bibles. You take 10 or 15 minutes and you find readings that you are inspired by the Lord to read. And then we'll have a homily. No. (laughs) That's not how it happens. No, there is a a liturgical calendar. There's a sets of readings, right? Two-year daily readings, three-year Sunday readings, the cycle of readings. And um, we have the same, we have a cycle for the liturgy of the hours as well. And I have shared it with you before. There is something about the office of readings that circles around the prayer of desperation. And... Most Catholics have never done the Office of Readings. If they've done anything with the Liturgy of the Hours, it's morning prayer and evening prayer, maybe some night prayer. But introducing Catholics to the Office of Readings, I think, would be absolutely stupendous because it will introduce us by bringing us into vital, vibrant contact through the Word of God, through the Psalms that are chosen for the Office of Readings, Psalms of holy desperation. Holy desperation. Where we are completely overwhelmed by what it is we're facing in our lives. And we are going to learn that the battle is not ours, but God's. And we are to trust him. And trust in him. And and trust ourselves. And all that we are. And all that we have. And all that we face. Into his pierced open, and most sacred heart. But that is, you want to have a great 2023? You want to have an amazing year in your spiritual life? Do that. Just read the Office of Readings. And if that sounds like, well, that's too much, I don't know where to get, Divine Office app, it's all available. It's free, free to download, free. You don't have to figure out how to do it. Just click on Office of Readings every morning and it's popped up. It's right there. They'll even read it to you or sing it to you on feast days. Um, and access to the Office of Readings. It'll change your life. Well, it, the Word of God has the power to, to transform our lives. The Word of God that is, comes from heaven, it does not come back void. It does not come back void. The Lord, His Word has power, power to change our lives. And when I read these words today, it and took flesh in me over so much that's unfolding in our world today. I shouldn't say so much. Several deaths and tragedies that have unfolded recently and in these past few days that made my heart feel anxious and disturbed and needing to cry out to God. What are they? I'll tell you about them in a minute. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. In this year, 2023, there's a lot at stake, and there's going to be a lot at stake for a number of you who are listening. 
in ways that you expect and in things that maybe catch you off guard. Things that are surprising, things that are surprising that have an awful lot at stake in them. So that's why I, I moved from consulting with companies to consulting with families in real estate to help you discern and take action as the Lord leads for the good of your family, for the good of your family's souls, their salvation. I just want to help. I just want to be helpful in helping you to discern what's the Lord asking of you and then how do you go about doing it? Because it's hard. It's hard to, you, you heard Father Lewis and I talk about that, support, encouragement, and accountability. How do you do that? How do you walk out the path of, of, um, of life that God has for you without brothers and sisters in Christ? So I'm kind of being a professional brother in Christ to families who are discerning buying or selling a home, which is much more than buying or selling a home. It's about taking that next step in their family's life. And for many in these days, in these years, it means taking steps unexpected at a time that wasn't planned to a place that wasn't uh, thought of for the sake of the salvation of our kids. Um, so anyways, and so you just heard that, so I just thought I'd mention that. But just before the break, uh, I was talking about this prayer of desperation in these Office of Readings, and it it just sh- it was, for me, shining a light on several situations that have unfolded, uh, like surprise situations that make me just say, did, did you say a prayer, right? Because you have these famous situations that come out into the open and get people's attention to say, whoa, wait a minute, where did that come from? How did that happen? What is going on there? And so as of late Monday night, uh, Damar Hamlin uh, is in critical but stable condition. He's a professional football player who, you know, yesterday at this time was looking forward to one of the most important football games he would ever play in his whole life. And, you know, here's a guy who is in the 1% of the 1% of the 1% of the strongest, healthiest athletes in the whole world playing professional football, starting on a professional football team, you know how good of a shape this guy's in? And to have this tragic, tragic, unexpected hit, it it was properly responded to by the the entire stadium and the in the in both teams and the NFL. It was immediately get him an emergency interventions medically to save his life right there on the field to get him stabilized enough to get him to a critical care uh, you know hospital and to you know get his life stabilized and in the meantime you had teams all of a sudden these big professional football players tough playing a violent game uh, trying to dominate each other. Here they are on their knees, hand in hand, crying out to God in desperation. And literally, some some of these players were crying, weeping. God, how did this happen? Where did this affliction come from? It just, it, he just fell over. What is going on here, God? And all of a sudden, one life, this man's life, and, and I hope you prayed for him. Say a prayer for him. Damar Hamlin. Lord Jesus, have mercy on his soul and heal his body. Well, they stop the game. They cancel the game. 
you can't play after this. All of a sudden, it, you you hear what these you know these uh, these commentators and announcers say, puts everything in perspective. Like, what's a really important football throwing a ball around a field just means nothing compared to a human life. And and then you had all these people showing up at the hospital, keeping vigil, wanting to to pray, just to be physically present as a, a sign of support, and wanting to be there. At a distance for him in some way, and then there was some other report about he has a uh, this Demar Hamlin has a like a foundation or charity set up to, to donate toys for underprivileged kids that are connected to his background, which I guess is a pretty like amazing redemption story uh, that this this young man has lived uh, compared to like where he came from, and he went from you know getting a few thousand dollars worth of toys to over a million dollars donated to toys all all because of a tragedy right this somehow wanting to to get connected to this young man in his tragic circumstance we got to pray for him you don't pray for him and then i saw a report about uh this um character from the marvel movies uh, Hawkeye, uh, one of the Avengers, and he had some, uh, you know, the details haven't come out, but some kind of accident, um, plowing snow in his home that I guess is um, like up in the mountains somehow and somewhere in California. And he, um, we don't know what the, I don't, I haven't read anything, I haven't been able to find details about what the accident was, but he's in critical condition as well. And you have all of these expressions of prayers and sympathies. And, and all of a sudden, it's like the movie that he's made that's going to come out and the, the, the series that he's in is going to come out for its next season. And the Marvel uh, like series that's out around Hawkeye, all of that means nothing. It just means nothing. Because this man is clinging to life. This man who... Is you know performs these amazing physical feats in the movies, had some kind of tragic disaster happen, doing something related to to snow, snow removal or something. And God God bless us, we don't know what it is, but I care about this guy's salvation. I care about his return to health. I care about his well being, and all of a sudden other people do too. And it's like, well, wait a minute. What is going on there? You know, all those other things just just pale in comparison to the preciousness of his life. Say a prayer for him, for Jeremy Renner. And so you have you have that happening, and, and it makes me think of this office of readings. It it's like why was like as I prayed the office of readings this morning, it was I felt anxiety, I felt distress, I felt this affliction inside of me, and I'm like, Lord. Where's this coming from? Why am I so distressed? Why do I feel so afflicted? Why do I feel uh, distressed? Why do I feel on the verge of, of, of like the burden, like the emotional burden of, of like the weight of life and death? And where my mind went at that point was a scenario, a situation that has unfolded closer to my geographical area, Spokane, in, um, in the Coeur d'Alene, Post Falls, Hayden Lake area, there are several students who 
were tragically murdered down in Moscow in, at the University of Idaho in uh, mid-November. And, you know, y- you all know about that tragedy. And it's like, dear God, have mercy. Here are these four young people, like early 20s. I think they were all early 20s, 2021, 20, right in that age. And, and they're from northern Idaho, they, several of them. I don't think they're all from northern Idaho, but several of them are. The three young women and this um, young man um, who were all just tragically, terribly, just it was horrible the way that they were murdered um, with, with a knife by an attacker. And all of this has just come out into our awareness in, in, over the weekend because they've taken someone into custody and charged him with these four brutal slayings of these young people. And it has, I don't know how it's impacted you guys, um, but it, it's something that I've carried since it's happened. You know, it's been a month and a half, you know, like November 13th, right? Is, and here it is, it's a month and a half later, and I just keep thinking about, God bless us, the last moment. Like, I have this sensitivity to the hour that someone dies, that when people are near to death, that they also be near to God. And so seeing their pictures show up so regularly in news feeds with updates about trying to track down who did it and, and all of that. And, but I just think of their families. God bless their families. The horrors that they're undergoing and they talk about radical desperation and just need to cling to God and say, God, only you, only you are our hope in the midst of all of this. Only you are our hope. And it's not hope for justice because there was one commentator who said it so well when someone said, well, thanks be to God they caught someone because now that will bring them a little bit of peace. And this woman, I don't remember her name, Grace something or other, said, whoa, hold on right there. Don't even go there. That night, there was more than four lives slaughtered. It was four families that have just been destroyed. And that that slaughter, that destruction will remain with them for the rest of their lives. Catch the killer, fine. Do whatever justice there is to be done to him, done. Those families are destroyed. And it's you know, it's only Christ who can stand in the middle of of those poor families and can bring life out of death, can redeem what is so tragic. So I, my, my, my heartfelt just pain in my heart goes first to the four young people who were murdered probably in their sleep or just as they were asleep when the attack came. What was their spiritual state? What was their readiness? Where were they at with regards to the Lord? And so praying for their moment that when they met the Lord, that they would be ready. Pray for that. Pray for that. And pray for healing for these families, that the divine physician can come 
and, and move. And so, um, so you have that situation. And then I didn't even mention, right, the famous like world, or at least in America and, and around the world, known uh, uh, personalities who have died in the last few days. Of course, you have Pope Benedict, right? And he's, he's really the easiest one to talk about. In fact, I'm going to devote a whole show, if not more than one show, to share some writings of his, quotes of his, and bits of his life that are just going to blow you away. He's so inspiring. He is so amazing. And so when I think about the repose of his soul, absolutely I've prayed for Pope Emeritus Benedict, who, whose uh, funeral mass will be celebrated on Thursday. You know that. And um, stay tuned for the coverage that will come on Sacred Heart Radio for his funeral, which will be presided over by Pope Francis. But uh, an incredible opportunity to pray for the repose of his soul, absolutely do that, um, but also to, to draw upon the gift that God gave him to be for our time as a theologian and as a, as a pope uh, in, in the different roles that he had. So I, I'm excited to do that. Um, but the other two that um, obviously also bubbled up, one is uh, Pele, right? The talk about world famous and much loved uh, soccer player from Brazil. Uh, he died, I think, the day before or the day after uh, Pope Benedict. And then I think dying on the same day as Pope Benedict was Barbara Walters, who was sort of a legendary newswoman. Um, and I, I, she has a background, again, I think in acting and modeling and uh, a variety of things, but sort of a legendary figure on the, uh, on the American scene of journalism and, and uh, a newswoman. So very uh, prominent, the top of her field for, I don't know what, decades. So she passed away too. So I... Again, I think about these people whose lives were extremely famous and dying all in a very short period of time. It makes us begin this year with the end in mind. If we're going to live well, 2023, we need to begin with the end in mind. And the end is heaven. The end is not death. That's not the end. The end is heaven. The end is goal. The end is goal. right? Purpose, meaning, fulfillment. That which towards we are headed. right? Death is just the doorway to get there. And, and yet we also have to face that reality that the moment of death and the unexpected tragedies that bring us close to death can happen at any time. Can happen in unexpected, unplanned for circumstances. And so, you know, when we pray for, um, you know, we pray for uh, uh, Jeremy Renner, we pray for Damar Hamlin, we pray for these four college students whose lives are tragically taken away. Um, and then we pray for those that had probably a lot more time in front of them in terms of visibility, realizing their end was near, Pope Benedict and 
um, Pele and Barbara Walters, it should cast a light on our lives. Well, let's talk more about that in a minute on the program. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out drtomcurran.com drtomcurran.com okay back to sound insight welcome back to the program this is tom curran so that was a little bit of a heavy opening couple of segments but heavy things are happening right now but it's also good to recall what i had shared from second chronicles that um, the battle's not ours it's god's battle is not yours, it's God's. But God also draws you into the, his battle. He, he in, expects us to take action. He wants us to be open to let his word, like the word of God in the Office of Readings that I shared about earlier, big words, right? And those words soak into our hearts and they all of a sudden start manifesting in our lives. Well, that, that's about living. That's about living. We're, we're still in the Christmas season. The Christmas season is about what? It's about being open to a messenger from God coming to us and saying, I have a word that I intend to bring to birth into the world through you. Our Blessed Mother said, yes, her fiat, let it be done to me according to your word. I'm open to receive the word into the womb, into the core of my being, so that the word of God, Jesus Christ, will be born into the world to bring salvation, healing, and wholeness, to redeem all that is lost. Well, the Lord sends his angels, maybe not Gabriel, but he brings messengers to your life so that you will follow after Mary as a model. Mary is mother of the church and a model of all believers. So she will nurture in you her fiat, her let it be done to me according to your word. Lord, what is your word? Lord, what is your word for 2023? Lord, what is your word? I want your word for my 2023 to be born into me. I want your word to come alive in me. I want your word to come to birth into the world through me. Lord, May your word come forth through my life this year. Can you make that your prayer? Lord I, Lord, I want my life to be like Mary, like the Blessed Mother. That's what I want. The Mother of God. How about the Mother of God's word? Can you be a mother and father? Remember Jesus said, uh, who are my brothers and sisters, right? Who, who's mother and uh, who is my mother? Who are my brothers and sisters? All who hear the word of God. All who hear the word of God, right? That means you take it in and you live it. You follow it. And so our call is to, to welcome God who has a word. Did, did you know that? God has a word for you, for your 2023, for this year. You get one chance to live this year. One chance. One chance to live 2023. Do you want it to be not just your best year where you make the most money? No, your holiest year. A year where you honor the Lord your God. A year where you pursue him and his purpose for your life. 
in a way that you've never done before. You make yourself more available to God than you ever have before. How about that? Make that your 2023. (laughs) It reminded me of Elf. Uh, What was it? Uh, Smiling's my favorite, right? No, make work your favorite. (laughs) Make work your... That guy, that elf in that movie was so funny. Except that he uses the Lord's name in vain. Uh, Terrible. Uh, Totally unnecessary. But welcoming God's word, this is a theme that the current household, it's something that Carrie and I do. It's something we bring to our kids. We do it every year. Kids, beginning of the new year, let's generate a word for the year. Let's generate a saint for the year. Let's discern what's my word, what's my saint. Who is it that's going to walk with me through 2023? Well, through 2022, unfortunately, I failed. I did not, I don't believe I corresponded to what the Lord had for me last year. It's a, it's a humbling thing to admit. Last year, my word was ascent, the ascent of Mount Carmel. The Lord was going to bring me deeper. He's going to have me scale that mountain of the Lord. I was going to read through the ascent and there was a particular focus that was reparation. That my life was connected to reparation. To repair the damage caused by sin. And did not, you know, I, it's not that I didn't pray. It's not that I didn't do Catholic stuff. It's not that I didn't do a lot of things. But here's the thing about doing a lot of things. If you do a lot of things, but you don't do God's thing, if you're not saying yes to God's thing, then even all those other good things that God was even at work in, God, God's like now working despite me rather than with me. It's like He's going to work around me rather than through me. And if he's working through me, it's because some of what I'm doing does line up with what he wants for me anyways. So it feels like it, I, I, it's something Carrie and I have been talking about. It's like, okay, why did I fail so badly? Why did I not like, correspond to what God has for me last year? Because uh, why am I going through this? Because I don't want you to have that same experience. I want you to have a great 2023, and I want to have a great 2023. And if there's a word, and this is a word that came from Carrie, and it's a word that I use quite a bit when I Tell everybody else about the enemies of the spiritual life and pay attention. But it feels like, my sense is, this word was the word that was my enemy to more fully cooperating with God's word for my life. And that word, okay, well, you remember the three enemies of the spiritual life, St. Bonaventure, right? Reflected also in St. Philip Neri. It's uh, brought out today in the writings of St. John Paul II. Diversion, distraction, dispersion, right? Diversion is about being, it's about infidelity. It's about just rejecting and and refusing to do what God's will is, diversion. Uh, Distraction is about temptation. It's about being led away from what God would have you do. And it's not often um, distraction by doing something evil rather than doing something good. That's more diversion. But rather it's doing something that's good, but not what God would have you do. 
And then there's dispersion. And dispersion is when you are so spread out because you're trying to do too many things, trying to do too many things, that you don't have the energy to do God's thing. And when I think about uh, last year, when I think about what it was that was stopping me from fulfilling what God would have me do, my word of those three, diversion, distraction, and dispersion, it wasn't diversion. It wasn't that I'm manifestly in rebellion against God and uh, willfully choosing to remain stubborn in my sin. Now, I'm not saying I didn't have sin, but that wasn't my biggest issue, right? I, I repent quite a bit. I confess quite a bit. I cry out to God for mercy, and I just, <laughs> he puts up with me. Um, distraction is a big one. Distraction is a big one. And I think distraction was Carrie's word. Uh, and I, sh- I should let her speak for herself about what it was that was holding her back from more fully corresponding to what God had for her in 2023. But for me, the great enemy of my spiritual life was dispersion, trying to do too many things. Uh, Carrie might disagree. She might say that it was as much distraction as dispersion, and she points to that uh, latest and un, uh, unappreciated addiction that has uh, that is an epidemic, probably a pandemic, and that's smartphone addiction. Um, but that as a, as the great distractor of our times. Um, so I, let's say that it, it was one part distraction, one part dispersion. So in 2023, I have discerned my new word, my saint for the year, and my um, uh, being aware of what my obstacles are for um, overcoming and for, for realizing, for attaining what it is God has for me. And so for me, it's battling against dispersion. If my life is simplified, if I'm doing less things, if I'm focusing more on not just good things, but God's things, I can trust that God uh, will, his word for my life will come about. And um, my word for this year is expiation. Ouch. The Lord's not letting me off the hook. He's like, Tom, you didn't really embrace reparation last year. I'm going to get you some expiation this year. That's that whole praying for souls that are near to death but far from God. It's something that you've heard me talk about increasingly in this past year. I think it was because of reparation. While reading that book, Why Must I Suffer, which you heard about in Sound Insight, um, yesterday, no, when did you hear about that? Was that Friday? Tuesday? trying to remember when you heard about that. Well, I think it was on Friday. Um, that has just, it's been burned into me. And there's a saint that's going to walk with me through this year. Saint Gemma Galgani. Yes, indeed. Um, my saint for the year. Thank you, God, for Saint Gemma. Okay, uh, I'm up against a break. Back in a minute, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about this theme because I want you to go through this process too. Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Carn. It's great to be with you today. All right, so here we are. It's early in the year. You got this. You can, in fact, step forward in faith. 
you can engage in a process of New Year's resolution. But I'm encouraging you to do something bigger. There's a bigger game. And the bigger game isn't uh, just involving you. It involves God. It involves God in your life. And I love this because it's Tom Aquinas stuff. It's stuff I mentioned to Father Lewis yesterday. If you remember, um, you can take a look at a year the way you take a look at the totality of your life. You have a point of departure. You have your current position. And then you have your point of arrival. Think of a train. A train leaves a station. It's on the tracks at a certain point on its journey. And then it has a, an arrival point, an arrival station. A plane leaves one airport, flies through the air, and then it makes it to its destination. That's a bit like our lives. St. Thomas Aquinas states that our lives, human beings, have this fundamental structure to them. Our status is that we are homo viator. We are ones who are on the way. That's your status. That's why you experience time as a kind of thrownness. You feel this forward movement, right? If you reflect on it, that's it's a kind of a low-level consciousness of the idea that life is moving forward. Even when you don't feel like you're moving forward, there's a moving forward quality to life. And and you get it, you can interpret it well when you understand that there was a point of departure and there's a point of arrival. When you recognize that, well, I didn't get here just by accident, but I was planted here. And there's a reason why I'm here. And that reason gives me a sense of mission. And I can even get a passion for that mission. I can even get a sense of hero- heroism and, and no- nobility and recognizing the, the meaningfulness and the preciousness and the irreplaceability of the mission that is mine. And, oh my goodness, let's go. That's what I want to do with my life. Let me pursue that. And then when I get to the end of the life, it's like running through the, the tape at a finish line, running the race, finishing it, and uh, hands raised in, in victory as I plash through that, that finish line, which is death. I run through it to the crown of glory, the victor circle. I win, right? That Win that crown of glory. Like, what a great noble vision for life. Well, that can also be chunked down. You can break that down into a year. Like, live a, live a noble year. Live a worthy year. Live a magnificent year. Live 2023 with magnanimity, with a, in a, a desire to extend yourself to do something great for God. Let that be the driving force of your 2023. Let's do that. Now, if we're going to do that, well, guess what we have to recognize? There's a point of departure. There's where we're at right now. And then, then there's where we're headed. And so during this 2023, one of the ways to do that is to discern and say, God, I, w- I want to tend towards not just the goal that comes to my mind for 2023. And that goal that comes to my mind, like you think about what are those different places in your life where you're setting goals, right? You set goals where? Well, you can set goals for your financial condition. Right for your and that can be your career. It can be the job that you're in. It can be like how do I move forward in terms of my wealth, right? Financial planning, career planning, all of that stuff. But what about with it? What about if you're married with your spouse, right? What do you have any goals with your spouse for the year, right? Do, do you help her? 
or does she do, do you help him uh, step apart from the 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 craziness of day-to-day life, the busyness of day-to-day life, and say, I'm not going to let diversion, distraction, and dispersion ruin us, hold us back. Let's go. Lord, what do you have for us? Lord, we want to we wanna do what you want us to do for this year. What's your word? And, and then do that. Then do that. And then when you... Um, uh, when you you can break that down not only to that but also how about to your personal health and well-being right i was at the gym yesterday and i saw another catholic fellow there i hadn't seen him there before he's like yeah i'm back january 1st let's go <laughs> and he's back on track right he's got a resolution uh to uh, eat healthier work out more lose some weight uh and just to feel better about the physical uh, situation he's in because that brings energy, all those other positive benefits, et cetera, et cetera, right? Then what about with your kids? Do you take time with your kids to get them thinking about these things? We had a family meeting on Sunday and I raised up uh, the that fundamental approach that I have helped CEOs and leaders of very large business units do, which is vision, strategy, plan, and action, right? And vision, What's the future state? What do you want your life to look like at the end of 2023? And then identify some goals that are connected to achieving that vision. Like, what would it mean if you were looking like that? If you were earning like that? If your family was doing things like that? If you were acting like that? Well, what does that mean? Let's put some goals around that in terms of growth in virtue, growth in uh, certain habits, attitudes, repenting of other things, right? All of that. And then you can identify the strategies. Well, what's the right way to get there? Well, what are the things that uh, that you need to implement in your life in order to be able to get there? Now let's put that into a plan. Okay, what's the first step? What's the second step that comes from that? What's the third step? How long is that step going to take? Um, and what are the things that are going to hold you back? And what are the things that are going to move you forward? And then take action. And as you're taking action, stop every now and then and evaluate it. How's it going? And that's where, guess what, brothers and sisters is so helpful because you need support, encouragement, and accountability. You need someone to walk with you, to cheer you on, say, good job, look, look how far you've come. Uh, someone who will put the, the goal in front of you and say, come on, keep pressing forward, there's still more to go. Don't settle for less. And then for support, you're having a hard time right now, I got you, you got you covered. You're not always going to be at your best. You're not always going to have your best day, right? That fundamental process. So we started in on it on Sunday. And I had my kids reflect quietly and then write down some goals. And um, haven't done it yet, but started to, uh, going to meet with them individually. Carrie and I will meet with them and talk about their goals. Their goals for their school, for their health, for their life, uh, for their spiritual life, um, for their jobs. Um, for the, and then for the older kids, like what's your career path stuff going on? Right, all of that. And then um, walk with them. How do we walk with them to be able to help them through support, encouragement, and accountability? Now, um, one of the things that I ended up uh, doing was talking about improving certain habits in our family, bad habits, specifically cleaning up after themselves, especially around food, taking out food, not putting it away, Uh, eating on plates and cups and leaving them and not bringing them back to the kitchen or bringing them to the kitchen but leaving them on the counter and not washing them off and putting them in the sink or in the dishwasher, 
And they all knew, yep, that's right. These are bad habits. We shouldn't do them. We won't do them. We got it, Dad. And sure enough, a day later, all but one have failed. <laughs> failed more than once. I took pictures of the evidence to say, uh, are you seeing what's going on here? Are you kidding me? One day, this is all it took to have a complete collapse. So this is where I'm supporting, encouraging, and holding accountable. Holding accountable. Um, one last story. I actually meant to, to lead off the entire program with this story. And it's sort of a humbling thing. I know I'm not a handyman, but when I think about dispersion, one of the dispersions is that I don't get every, I don't get to do everything that I, um, I don't have time to do everything that is on my plate. So certain things don't get done. And unfortunately, some of the things that don't get done are things that need to get done around the house. And so there was a tear in the rubber ring in my, our washing machine. So every time the washing machine would work, it would leak some water out onto the tile. And it's been like that for at least a year. And so about a year ago, I bought a solution, which was like a rubber glove and some sealant that would basically patch up the hole. And I've had it for a year and never did anything about it. And so for a year, we've had like putting down towels to catch the water. Well, I fixed it in about five minutes, which is unbelievable. I mean, are you kidding me? I literally bought it. And if at that minute I had cut it and, and sealed it five minutes, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I am just, I'm flabbergasted at my own failure in that little thing. And, and I've got the greatest rationalizations for the bigger things I'm working on that I give my time to and little things like that that can have a big difference that I miss out on. So I confess that very humbly before you all as a sign of me saying, that's why I need to simplify my life. So that little things like that, that can make a big difference in my home for my family, that I'm going to get those things done this year. So that's something I'm committed to doing. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. I hope that you realize that there's a lot at stake in your 2023. You don't want to be caught off guard. You want to be in God's plan and discerning what God has for you. All right. God bless you. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.